You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. We got a lot coming for y'all today, man. We got Game 3 of the NBA Finals. Boston takes the lead 2-1, so we're going to dive into this series a little bit more. We got some NFL news for y'all, and y'all know we're coming with the entertainment, current events, past the ox. Hey, it's a jam-packed episode today. Let's go ahead. And let's start it off with the NBA Finals because that is the biggest sports news that is happening right now. And it has been one hell of a series with the with the Celtics still in game one, the Warriors bouncing back in game two, and the Celtics once again still in game three and starting to dominate in the fourth quarter. And we always see that the, the Warriors, the third quarter is their quarter. They always bounce back. Even last night, we see that they were down by like 10 at halftime. They ended up taking a lead at one point in the third quarter. But I think that physicality of the Celtics is really weighing on them when we see fourth quarters because they're not just winning fourth quarters. Like they're winning big, like 40 to 16 in games one and games three. We've seen it happen. Game two was kind of a blowout by the third. But do you think this Celtics team is really starting to wear on the Warriors? And do you see that continuing to an NBA Finals championship? I think so. And the fact that Draymond Green isn't getting his way in a lot of these uh, matchups so far from games one to three, like it, it's showing. The fact that two out of three of these games, he's had single digit nights like that can't happen if you're the Warriors. I get it. Draymond Green isn't one of the main scorers, but he's somebody that, OK, we get it. You're the fire of this team, but we're going to need you to step up, too. And Jordan Poole, as phenomenal as he's been throughout the playoffs, as phenomenal he's been for the Warriors throughout the regular season, I'm I'm more eager to give him a bailout than Draymond Green. Green, you've been here before. Like, you know what it takes. You know what's required of you in these moments. Draymond Green not showing up two out of three of these games is the reason why the Warriors are down 2-1 right now. I don't think that's the reason they're down 2-1, though, bro. I think Draymond is getting a little too much – um blame because he hasn't played well in those two games but it's not like it's unlike Draymond to have single digit nights we've heard jokes about him averaging triple singles so we've seen like Draymond have these type of nights and they come out and they blow teams out they're winning games but it's because this team is bodying up with them physically Grant Williams isn't getting bullied like when usually when people go up against Draymond they are intimidated the Celtics are not backing down from him, I think, is the biggest key. They are going right up to him. The, the Jalen Browns, the Marcus Smarts, even the Tatums are not backing down. Usually when you see players go up against them, they back down. And usually that's why they don't get to the rim. They don't get to their spots as much. But we're seeing this Celtics game, team do whatever they want on offense. They get into the rack. They get into their spots. And I think that get, I, I have to give a lot of credit to the Miami Heat for pushing them this far because I don't think – the Warriors have the same ability defensively like the Heat do. The Heat right. can match them physically with their physicality. I don't think the Warriors can, and that's why we've seen that series get pushed out to seven. But that's why I'm kind of scared for the Warriors at this point because you have to match that their energy, bro. That's what's missing. That's why you're coming up short in these fourth quarters because you're not matching their energy. If you do that, then we can see this series start to turn around. But if Draymond doesn't like that fire under Steph, 
Clay, Poole, all of them have to come with that certain in energy like, okay, we're going to run in. We're going to punch them right in the mouth. We're seeing them come in and they just lay it back like this is just a regular game, bro. This is the NBA Finals. Because offensively, neither team has that big of an edge. Like, even in the blowout wins, the margins aren't that far off. Like, the three-point percentages, the field goal percentages, they're, they're really neck and neck in a lot of these games. And honestly, games one through three, it's really been bucket for bucket. There have been moments where there have been stretches, but for majority of the games um, that we've seen so far, like, it's really been a close-knit game in games one through three. And I think it's, like you said, the physicality, okay, if we're going bucket for bucket, it's really going to come down to who starts missing first. And I think Golden State has been in predicaments where it's like, hey, we're not hitting some of our shots that we usually hit, and we can't stop them when they're on the offensive because Boston has been getting a lot of calls going their way. I don't care what nobody says. I don't care for the stretches that the Warriors get calls and Boston doesn't. Boston has been able to play just as physical as they want this entire series so far. So that on top of the fact that this isn't really a too much of a blowout series, that's going to play in Boston's favor. Because like people have been saying, when the Warriors beat you, like when they handle you, it's a 20 point difference. When the Celtics handle you, hey, it might only be a nine to 10 point difference for real. But that nine to 10 weighs just as much on you as a Warriors 20 point blowout. And I think that's what's playing in Boston's favor right now, that they can keep these games as close as they're keeping them. And I think Boston is doing a good job. And they did the same thing against Miami of just letting one man, they're they're limiting everything to one man. They're funneling everything to one man. Like they did the same thing with Jimmy Butler. Like Jimmy Butler was going to be the only person to beat Boston. And I think it's the same way in this series where Steph Curry is going to be the only person that beats us. Because even when Clay goes off, it's like, damn, they still lost by 12. Even when Wig had a good night, he had 18. It's like, damn, they still lost by 12. So even when they have good nights, Curry had 30-something last night, they still lost by double digits. And I think they're just funneling everything through Curry, just saying like, yeah, you got to create everything. Everything is going to come off your gravity and off your shot making but we're not going to allow everybody else to really flourish off of it. A couple of people got off last night and you still seeing that it wasn't enough. And I think right. that's just, that tells you how much the, the defense has to step up for Golden State because they're allowing way too many easy baskets for the, the Celtics. But I think that tells you how the Celtics are really game planning as well. Like, yeah, Steph, you can get your buckets, but everybody else for the most part is not going to eat. They're limiting Jordan and Poole. They're limiting Draymond. They're limiting these players. And you would think the second unit for Golden State would be kind of like a, a um, what's the word I want to use? Uh, a crutch for them when they fall into these moments. You know, uh, whether Jordan Poole is coming off the bench or he's starting, you know, I feel like a lot of these players that we've been looking at throughout the playoffs that have come in clutch for the Warriors aren't doing that right now because Boston's bench, they're outscoring them in every game so far, whether it's only by two or three points. Boston's bench has outscored the Warriors bench. And honestly, it hasn't been that close. Three. It's been exactly. – I don't even, I don't even go by the points. Derek White himself has purely dominated this series, bro. His playmaking, him and Robert Williams have dominated this series. Him containing Steph on the defensive end as well as hitting big shots on the offensive end, he really started to catch fire toward the back end of that Heat series, and he has carried it into – the NBA Finals. That's one thing I did not anticipate for it to continue. And he has just thoroughly outplayed Jordan Poole, which I just completely didn't expect. Y'all heard me last week 
I thought Jordan Poole was going to win finals MVP because I knew that they were going to have somebody else beat them. Boston was going to have somebody else on the Warriors beat them. I thought it was going to be Poole, but sometimes Poole just looks like the lights are too bright for him at this moment. Obviously, he's only 22, 23. He's still a young player. This is his first finals. I thought he was going to be ready for it. But sometimes when I watch the game, it's just the mistakes that he makes. It's not very mature of his. It's not really mature of him. He's not really seasoned yet to really be in these type of moments. And they play better without him, to be honest. So that 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 mismatch when you talk about bitch Derek White and Jordan Poole, I think Hockey shifts the series as well. Because I don't see the Warriors making any comeback if they go down three one. Oh, if yeah, they it's, lose it's again on Friday, it's a, it, it's a wrap, bro. I don't see them completely changing their game plan i don't see steve kerr making huge adjustments to where they're coming back in when it's on what you call it three games in a row at that point so i i don't know if boston wins on friday it's their series they might as well go ahead and claim themselves this but this is the game plan and i think boston already had the upper hand going into the series but so many people including me was just saying that the the experience of the warriors was going to be the, the difference maker when you talk about who's going to win this series. I had this series going to seven. I'm still going to roll with the Warriors just because I'm going to stick with my pick. But I think the Celtics already always had the upper hand because they're just so talented. And when they do not turn the ball over, they are so hard to stop. I think we've seen in game two when they can be so loose with the rock, that's when they get in trouble. When you get in a, 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 a up and down race with the Warriors, you lose. Troll the ball. They have under 10 to 12 turnovers. They usually handily beat the team that they're playing against. It was the same way in the Heat series. When they didn't turn the ball over, they won. They blew the Heat out, honestly. And I think it's the same thing. They dictate how this series is going to go. It's not on the Warriors. Yeah, the Warriors can come out and hit the Celtics in the mouth. That's cool. The Celtics can always get back in the game. But as long as the Celtics do not turn the ball over... It's hard to beat that team when you got two bucket getters, when you got a shot blocker, when you got a big in Al Horford who can make threes, when you got Derek White off the bench who can guard Steph, when you got a Marcus Smart who's averaging like 18 right now. It's hard to beat that team, bro, especially when it feels like it's Steph by himself a lot of times. Yeah, Clay stepped up last night, but that was just like, damn, that was one game. It was, we played three. Welcome to the NBA Finals, Clay Thompson, but damn, <laughs> we needed your plays in game one, too. So I think I think Boston really dictate this series. I think we're going to see a big game from Steph in game four to have them win it. But if they lose game four, it's a wrap, bro. I'm going to pick the Warriors. But if they run, they lose this, it's a wrap, bro. Ain't no coming yeah, back I'm, on Boston. Nah. I'm sticking with um Warriors and six. But like you said, Boston has the upper hand right now. It's their series to lose. And if they can keep it under 15 turnovers in a game, they – like you said, they're going to control the, the tempo of the game. They're going to control the, the lead changes that happen throughout the game because, I, like you said, to your point, in game two they had damn near 20 turnovers. So, of course, like you're, you're not winning that matchup. <laughs> bro, it was the The same Warriors way. are going to capitalize. That's on what I'm mistakes. saying, bro. The least mistakes that you can make against Golden State, the more likely you are to win the game. And that's any team. Like I said, it was the same thing with Miami. Miami had them turning the ball over in three of their wins. That's why Miami won three games. When they didn't turn the ball over and when it was nothing but fast pace, they blew Miami out or they beat them. Like, that's the blueprint. As long as they control the rock and don't let the Golden State Warriors turn them over, 
they have the upper hand, bro. Especially when you have two prime playmakers in Jalen Brown and Tatum, bro. It's not like it's just it's on one person's shoulders to take over. It's like, damn, I can get that bit of Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown can hit a clutch shot. Even Marcus Smart hitting clutch shots in this series. So it's a lot of people. And this is why I brought up last week, and I want to talk about it again, why, yeah, Jason Tatum is going to get a lot of credit if they win this finals, bro. But please do not make it seem like he did this shit by himself. When 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 Jalen Brown is averaging more than him this series and averaged the same as him in the Eastern Conference Finals, I don't want to give Jalen Brown a lot of credit because I feel like people are still sleeping on him after what he's been doing. If we're being honest, when we talk about consistency, Jalen Brown has been their best player this entire playoffs. If we're being honest, he has been their best player. Jason Tatum is the more talented. He's going to get the more credit because he is the he is the best player on this team. He is the leader of this team. But who has been playing better in the playoffs? It has been Jalen Brown. And I think he is the leader for finals MVP if they win. And I think he's on that trajectory right now. He is playing like a dog. He is really coming to play every game. It was in the Heat series, and we're seeing it once again in the in the NBA Finals. I think if Boston wins, they'll give finals MVP to Tatum. I think just because Tatum has the better storyline and you know the whole when, when a young team the like whole this, doing it for Kobe thing. The the whole doing it for Kobe thing, wearing the Kobe wristband and everything. Man, and all that. Hell no, I'm, bro. <laughs> no, I'm saying, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's all gonna play a part in him getting Finals MVP Man. because of the because of the way the way he is the leader of the team. Like you said, he's never really had a terrible night so far in any statistical category in this series so far. So I mean, game one, he, he had 13 assists, but game one was bad. As, as long as he don't just completely lay an egg throughout this series, I feel like he's going to get Tatum, But But Brown has clearly been the best player. When you talk Tell about me. production and keeping them in games, he was the reason they were – he's the reason I'm they won game one. I'm he's not the, denying any of that. They're going to no, give no, it to I, bro, Tatum. We though. can't do that, bro. I've seen Andre Iguodala win a, a, win a finals MVP. They not going off storyline, bro. If they was going off storyline, they would have gave it to Steph. They gonna give it to whoever they, they gave Iguodala the that. <laughs> they gave I'm telling Iguodala you what they gonna do, bro. MVP because they didn't want to give Steph a chance to pass LeBron in any statistical category. I'm telling you what they gonna do, bro. They gonna if like I said, if everything remains the same, if Tatum has a couple of huge games where Brown isn't playing as well, then obviously that's a different story. But how Jalen Brown is playing right now, he is the we- reason they won Game One. He played well in Game Two. And he came out and had, what, 20 in the first quarter last night? Like I said, he's the aggressor. And I feel like he started to become the leader where they follow behind him. Because like I told you last week, Tatum is kind of up and down where he can go on runs where it's like, damn, he got 25 in the first half. And then he goes through lows where he stands in the corner where it's like, damn, is Tatum even playing right now? But I think it's something about Brown where defensively, playmaking and also just leading the team they follow his energy bro and you seen it last night he jumped up on he jumped on the 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 warriors head it was like oh the Celtics was rolling after that bro so it looks like they follow behind him like I said Tatum is gonna get the credit bro but please do not sleep on this man Jalen Brown where he's putting up just as good of stats as this man and just don't don't act like it's just Tatum doing it by himself because I feel like that's gonna be the narrative bro when we oh, looking no. at a great no, team. That, that can't be the narrative. We're no. looking at a great if, team, bro. If anybody says Tatum did any of this by himself, <laughs> they straight up line, bro. It, it's clickbait at that point because we've been talking about how this whole team 
has played a huge part. We've been talking about Robert Williams for like half of the playoffs when it comes to the Celtics. So we can't go from that to saying, damn, Tatum, damn, they did this by himself. No, nah, <laughs> we, we can't let that ride, bro. We can't let that ride. Al Horford literally dropped a 30-piece in the playoffs. Like, we're not going to sit here and say Tatum That's did this That's what I'm saying, himself. bro. This, this is a great team, bro. And this is why I say if – if everything remains the same, everybody is going to make their tweaks and improvements, man. But the Celtics are a young team, bro. What? Even Grant Williams is only, what, 23? You got him coming off the bench. You still going to have the same team next year. Everybody is resigned. I'm pretty sure they're going to resign Al Horford. It's like this team is going to be in the way for a long time, bro. And I'm telling you, bro, Jason Tatum and Brown? Because I think Tatum is obviously going to get better the more years he gets where it's going to become a – a real, it's going to become a bigger difference, gap, a bigger gap between him and Brown. But I think right now it's very close, bro. Where it's like it's really one A, one B type shit right now, bro. I know Tatum it's gonna get the credit every other night. It's exactly, every other night. <laughs> like I said, that's that's the only thing I'm trying to say, bro. Where it's just not Tatum, bro. It's it's Brown too. Brown give you the buckets, and it was the same thing in the conference finals, bro. And it was the same thing in that Buck series where Tatum had his game where he was dropping 47 in one game. But it was Brown's consistency throughout this whole playoffs that I think they follow behind his lead. I really believe that, bro. I really believe that. And speaking of the other side of the coin, you already talked about Draymond, but I've been hearing some wild shit about Draymond. I'm hearing a lot of people say that, oh, he been on that podcast too much. That's why he ain't playing well. Then. Oh, that's the reason why he playing like shit. Oh, he, he worried about the media. He worried about this. He worried about that. That's why he playing like shit. So it's like, damn, why, why are the media turning on Draymond like this right now when y'all was just loving him for the same That's shit that I'm he was saying. doing last series? <laughs> now y'all hate him. Y'all think he can't do podcasts. Now y'all saying, oh, this is the reason he playing trash. Like, what's good with the spin? What's good with the media spin? That shit crazy, bro. Man, Draymond ain't doing nothing different than what he's been doing <laughs> this whole playoff, bro. That shit is wild it's to me, just, bro. It's just they're about to lose now, so it's like, hey, that's a distraction. You don't need to be doing that no more. <laughs> oh, it wasn't a distraction when we was sweeping finals and we was uh, beating all these other teams, so I don't know. That people shit is crazy how people will find any excuse, bro. It's okay to say somebody just did not play well. Draymond has not played well, and that's okay to say, but to blame him for podcasting, saying his podcast is the reason, some shit that he does 30 minutes out of his day is the reason that he's playing terribly. Y'all just grasping for straws at that point, looking for excuses for Draymond, bro. Calm down. I think Draymond will play better, and I think he will raise the intensity of this team, and I think he will raise the intensity of himself as well to be better. When he sees opportunities to score, not from the three-point line, obviously, but just openings where Steph's gravity, two people are going to go to Steph. Go score, bro. Make some plays for yourself. That's what you're known for. Continue to do that. I don't think Draymond has to do anything outside of his game. Like everybody is saying, everybody like, oh, Draymond got to score 10 plus points now. Or Draymond got to do this. He got to score this amount of points. That's never been Draymond's game. I think he just has to raise the intensity of the team while raising, while doing everything else that he does well. I think he has to get to a point to, in this series specifically. He has to get to a point where he's scoring more just because we see the fact that it don't matter if Steph got 30 and Clay got 25, if they're still going to lose by 10 to 12 points. That's where I'm looking at Draymond like, no, bro, two point nights, you know, single point this nights. Is like, this, this is no, bro, that we can't continue to let Draymond have single nights, single point nights 
and Steph and Clay are doing what they're supposed to do. But we've and seen this move. before, though, bro. It's not like this is a, this is a, this first time this has happened, or this isn't a regular thing. It's a regular thing that he's in single digits. It's a regular thing. But usually, this is what I say, and this is that this is the difference between this series and all the series in the past. His stat line could have been the same, but his defensive impact, I think, has been the biggest hit than his offense. The offense is doing well. Honestly, they're scoring enough points to win games. Klay Thompson and Steph are scoring enough points. Wig is scoring enough points. Defensively, this team is not playing well. The Boston Celtics are getting where they want too easy, bro. They're getting to the rack. They're getting to their spots. They're getting open threes. I think that's the biggest thing you could put on Draymond. You have to raise your team's intensity on that end. Because offensively, y'all are scoring enough. You have to put your foot down uh, defensively. You're the best defender of this era, Draymond. You have to step up to the plate. You got to stop somebody. You got to raise the intensity of your team and say, hey, we got we can't let them get to the easy, uh, get to the, uh, the lane easy. We got to get in front of everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like he, That's what I think Draymond has to improve himself defensively. That's the that's how he has to improve, not really on offense. So I think that's going to be the difference. If he raises the team defensive intensity, I think that's when we can see the shift in this series going back to the Warriors. Well, it better happen quick because if Boston won another one at home, it's I'm gonna go ahead and predict they just, <laughs> they're, they're gonna win three in a row at this point. If they win on Friday night, they're gonna win um when they play at Golden State for Game Five. Who are you talking about? Seven. The Warriors? They playing um what you call it? They're playing you said if the Warriors win game four, they're going to no, win. No, I'm four? saying, no, I'm saying if the if the Boston Celtics win on Friday night, game mm. four, yeah, they're, yeah. they're gonna go ahead and um, oh, they're gonna beat them in five. Yes, oh, man, I don't know. I'm still rocking with Draymond, I'm still rocking with Steph in game four. Like I said, defensively, that's where their improvement has to happen, bro, because they're getting bro, every, bro, Tatum had 27 last night. Brown had 29. Smart had damn 24. That's the issue. <laughs> y'all talk about Draymond. Y'all talking about Draymond offense defensively. That's usually their calling card, too, is their defense. They're getting scored on way too easily. I mean, Horford gave you 10 last night. What White gave you 10 last night. The defensive side of the ball is the issue, bro. It's not the offense, in my opinion. They're scoring enough. And um, anything else for the NBA Finals, bro? Definitely excited. No, nah, I just hope my pick ain't wrong. Damn, come on, Warriors. <laughs> but this is something I want to say. I don't remember it being so much time in between games. It's like I forgot game two even happened. And then it's like, yeah. boom, game three. It's like, damn, it was like it felt like a week went by between games two and games three. Because they got like games. three games in between some of these uh, in between. Not three games. They got like three days in between. Damn, that's a that's lot of time. That's a lot of time, bro. I'm like, damn. But it's been this has been a good finals, though. That's something I will say. One game was on Sunday, and the the last game was what yesterday? Wednesday? It was one so, on Thursday. It was Thursday, Sunday, and then Wednesday. Like, that's too big of a damn gap. Bro. That's way too big of a <laughs> from Sunday to Wednesday. That's a big ass gap for a series, bro. Yeah. Yes, that's crazy. And then you play it again on Friday. So you wait more than what? You wait like 72 to 96 hours for one game. And then you wait 48 hours for the next game. Like, I don't get it. And then I think it's going to be um two two days in between those next two, too. So this one is only one day in between for game four. And then for games five, six, and seven, it's going to be, once again, back to the two days in between. 
That shit just feel like way too much time. I need basketball yeah. in my veins. <laughs> Each game need to be two days apart. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. care what days they fall on. They need two days apart. <laughs> but something, something I did want to point out was the. The, the what they did in the press conference, the Celtics and the Warriors, with the stand up for Brittany Griner, just showing awareness yeah. to that situation because we standing up for BG as well because she got to get out that jam. It's been what five months, four or five months since she's been stuck in Russia, detained, uh, for no known reason. We know the reason, but still, it's just on some bullshit for real. Like, we got to get her out that jam. I don't know why the politicians. Or why the the higher ups like the president or nobody like that centers have gotten involved to get her back over to the U.S., bro? It's been way too much time. Because if it, let me let me say this though, because if it has been if it was somebody way more high profile in the NBA, if it was a rapper, if it was somebody like that, they would have been back by now. But since oh, yeah. she's oh she's so. WNBA, we obviously know they're lesser known. The marketing is different. Wait, they don't. They're slower to react to that type of situation, bro. And I think that's what we're seeing. And that shit is just so crazy, bro. Because even with, um, what's his name? Uh, Jello Ball. Remember when Jello Ball got in trouble over in, I think he was in China or something oh, like that? Yes, yes, yes. And he almost got detained. He wasn't even, bro, he was college. <laughs> and they had to hurry up and make sure they straightened out that whole situation. Even though LeVar Ball had all his antics going on, going on TV shows and all of that. They made sure that this future possible NBA star who's already famous, like his family's already famous. They're going to be basketball famous for like the rest of their lives. They made sure they got him out of that jam immediately. He didn't even get an opportunity to really go to jail. But Brittany Griner, she's been sitting in there almost half a year now. And we're just we're just sitting here just a hey, free Brittany Griner, free Brittany Griner. Hope y'all do something. Please do some free Britney. And it's like, damn, we're, we're begging Literally. in other situations. We don't even have to ask. Like, it's it's quick and, and easy. So, like I said, with that ASAP Rocky situation, Trump got that man out of there, bro. That joke was like a couple of weeks, bro. And she got to sit over there for four months waiting for somebody to save her because obviously the Russians don't give a damn. They're going to have her over there for, for years if y'all allow it, this shit to happen. You know what I'm saying? So, and now that we got all this, um, I, and I'm not blaming it on this, but now that we got all these mass shootings happening back to back to back, bro, I feel like they're going to put her more on the back burner and try to fix these other issues. Not saying that's a bad thing, but just in regard to her not getting out no time soon. It's like, damn, so you already weren't getting out before the last, what, three to four weeks. But now over the last month, basically, We'd have what about four, five known publicly mass shootings that have happened. Yeah, you you just finna be on the back burner to these politicians. You shouldn't be, but that that's probably well, what the case is. We've seen for years that these dudes ain't not gonna do nothing about this gun violence, bro. They're not gonna change any gun laws. They're gonna keep it the same. So I'm not even gonna ride with that excuse because we know that 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 law has been sitting in the table that if somebody can get a background check for years and nobody has touched it, and I don't think nobody will touch it. They will allow this shit to just continue. So I don't want to hear that excuse. Y'all can get her over here while doing that. If, if even if that is the case, y'all can still. I agree. They can do it both time. at the same time. That's what I'm I saying. think they're just gonna they're just gonna use that excuse to be like, that's the reason we're not pressing that issue right now. We're trying to deal with what's going on over here. They're they're gonna give some BS excuse on why they keep putting her on the back burner. That's a damn shame, man. Definitely free Britney Grinder for sure. Moving on. 
to the Deshaun Watson problem. Eggy, you can start this one off. Yeah, so um, what you call it? Uh, reports say that Deshaun Watson has seen at least 66 massage therapists over a 17-month period, and the New York Times has reported that Cleveland Browns quarterback uh, has 24 of the 66 women filing lawsuits against him, including two in this past week. And a woman who sued Watson uh, withdrew, withdrew her complaint out, and two women who filed a criminal complaint did not sue, but at least 15 therapists who issued statements at the request of lawyers uh, are still trying to go through with this action. So there are some people who are, you know, trying to file these complaints and then say, you know, well, no, I'm not really trying to take it this far, but I do want to, you know, accuse him of this and that and the third. So it's just woman after woman after woman. I thought the numbers may have stopped, you know, once he got traded to the Browns and everything, I'm thinking the numbers would have, you know, died down yeah. or whatever, but it's like, they're coming more and more and more. And he made because, a statement, you know, I've never assaulted, harassed or abused any woman ever in my life. So he's going to keep fighting these and taking these to trial if he can. But the situation is they already had a first investigation. And that's when we see all those lawsuits in like the first wave where it was like 20 something lawsuits in the first wave. And we seen a, something a couple of months ago that said that he was good like that. Uh, They weren't going to press any charges or that he was right. acquitted or something like that. So we all thought he was good. But apparently New York Times did a second investigation on the people that accused him. They ended up finding that he did the did uh, went to 66 masseuse uh, in 17 months. And more people are coming out over the over the investigation by New York Times and are saying like, yeah, he did this to me, too. Yeah, he did this to me, too. So more people are starting to come out after the second investigation by New York Times, which is putting more pressure on Deshaun Watson. For a point in time, it looked like he was going to be okay for the college, uh, not college football, but the NFL season. But now his season is once again in jeopardy because he has to deal with this once again. And at this point, bro, I'm what I'm hearing, it, it sounds bad, bro. And you know what really fucked him up? His lawyer honestly fucked him up. When his lawyer said... uh. Happy endings aren't illegal or some shit like that. I was yeah. like, even though they're not, <laughs> that's not something you say as this man's lawyer because now you hemming him up right. even more because now you're saying that that's what he's been asking for. Oh, that's what he's pressuring these women about. Like, so the the lawyers like keep pushing him into to the corner of like, damn. So you have been doing this this whole time. Whether the women are lying about how you went about it, we see that you have that has been something that you have been wanting. You have been wanting these happy endings and all of these massage places that you have been going to so it's not looking good for Deshaun bro it's really not and then he had that video on Twitter with uh with, with the porn star girl Mia Khalifa I don't think that, that video is bad it's, it's nothing wrong with fucking the porn star but it's just, it, it's just it that's just not a good look that you need right now <laughs> you filling all these cases and then now we see you on Twitter at the crib playing basketball with a with a porn star, but that's an old like video though. That, that came that video came out before these allegations came out. But it that is, tells you is. how much people love drama because people <laughs> wanted to make you think they knew. But yeah, like I said, my man is not looking good. His season's in jeopardy. I'm seeing a lot of people on his head uh, about this, especially with what happened with the Calvin Ridley situation. Like he got suspended a year for a fifteen hundred dollar bet. We know that's against the rules, so he got suspended mm -hmm. for a year. But like, damn, that was still fucked up. So now more people are like. If Deshaun Watson, if they, even if they do a second investigation and they found more people that accused him of this shit, it's like, damn, man, is he going to get a year uh, suspended from the NFL? Is he going to get two years? 
Like either, even if some women lied on him, and even if some women are telling the truth, he's going to get a long-term suspension, bro, at, at some point, bro. Because this shit yeah, is he, going on too long. He has to miss, I can't even lie, he has to miss at least half of a season. At least He's going to miss more than that. Because he just, he, I feel like these. this is going to continue into the season, too. We just they've already been saying they've already been saying he gonna miss at least four to six games. Like I feel like he can miss a lot. And that's not even that. telling you how long the NFL is going to suspend him. He's just gonna miss four to six games because of how long the trial is going to be. The trial is gonna bleed right. into training camp. That's not even telling you how long the NFL is gonna suspend him for just having these allegations in general. Whether they're true or not, they're still going to suspend you for that. So it's like, bro. It's like it's getting hard to defend Deshaun at this point because it's like, bro, more people coming out against you, and I'm seeing you in this light now. Because I, I love Deshaun. I fuck with Deshaun, bro, but it's like, damn, it's too much. At this point, it's too much building up against your favor to be like, damn, he's, he, he ain't do this and shit. Then, Everybody like lying said, on him. Like you said, your lawyer put you in a deeper hole when he damn near admitted that that's what you've been asking for or doing and saying it's not illegal. Now it's like, damn, bro, you... I'm, I'm looking at you like you probably did do this shit then. Maybe not the all 66 plus of these women mm-hmm. because there's always going to be money grabbers in there just trying to say, oh, he did it to me too. But to the ones that actually did have um, a harassment issue with you or an abuse issue with you or whatever, like it's, I, I don't know how I can look at you right now, bro. So hopefully you beat all of these. If you don't, then it's just you got to do the time and for doing a crime. So yeah. And prayers to all the women who were actually assaulted by him, because I know that is a traumatic experience. Because I read some stories uh, from some accusers, and it was just some, it was some wild shit. Like he was, what I read in the statement was like he was uh, asking for head, like he was laying down. He'll pull his pants down, and he's like putting the girl head towards his dick, like, "Hey, can you give me a happy ending?" Type shit. The girl had to tell him a couple of times to like, "No, I'm not doing that." So it's like you have like some legit statements. Like I said, we don't know. These are because these are coming from the accusers, but they seem legit, bro. After 66 people have been interviewed, it's like, damn, bro, something got to be real in this. After 66, one telling the truth, somebody telling I, the truth, bro. If everybody comes out against you, same thing I said with Bill, same thing I said with Kelly, you know, uh, do I believe all the women that are saying something against these men are telling the truth? I ain't gonna sit here and say all of these people, but. If we got X amount of people saying you did something, one person at least is telling the truth. And that one person is just as impactful as you doing it to 66 plus people. Yeah, bro. And it hurts to say, but if he did this shit, he got he to do it. You know what I'm saying? He got to do the time. Whether that's suspension, jail time. Like, hey, bro, you can't be doing that shit to these women, bro. Especially when we, we trying to protect them at this point. We got missing girls all around. We trying to protect everybody in our community, bro. It's a wild time to be living. So we can't have no weirdos and anybody like that trying to, you know, get over on our women like that, bro. So I definitely agree. It's tough to say, but Deshaun, it's a Deshaun Watson. And think about it from the Cleveland pr- perspective, bro. They yeah. just paid him a huge contract. A huge right. what, what was that? What was that number? Well, it was like I a don't remember the year. number, but it was up there though. It was like it was four year two hundred, wasn't it? Cause they were they were saying, um, what you call it? Arizona should have tried to give uh Kyler Murray a Deshaun Watson type of contract. I don't remember the dollar amount, but it was up there. Cause they literally just paid him like a couple of months ago. It was a five-year, two hundred and thirty million dollar deal, bro. Yeah. So you so make all what, of that 40, money, forty plus mil a year. Forty plus mil a year. 
So all that money could be going down the drain at this point because now it's like, damn, his future is in question. Damn. If some of these women are correct and are proven right, it's like, damn, bro. They gonna, they, bro, they, you're not going to see the NFL for a long time, bro. They might not let you back in if that's a that's a true statement. So especially how harsh the NFL is. So, yeah. damn. Because I, I don't know if Deshaun is still going to get this money. I don't know if it's guaranteed or if it's something in the contract that say, if you um go if you get caught up in some allegations, we don't have to pay you. I don't know how that goes, but Cleveland is in a sticky situation if they gotta for pay real. him because he's not gonna be there for the, at least the first few games for sure. So it's definitely a sticky situation for them. I bet they're happy they're glad they held on to uh Baker Mayfield. <laughs> 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 they got a, at least they still got a backup quarterback they can rely on. <laughs> but uh moving on to the next NFL topic, we have the Rams resign. What's my man Cooper, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald, which is a big deal because we were hearing Aaron Donald retiring possibly, and now he read up, he re-up for a two-year $60 million extension, which is the highest um amount uh, paid to anybody to uh to anybody that's not a quarterback. And Cooper Cup is getting paid like the highest paid receiver right now. I think that his re- extension was like three year. 66 three years years, 66 i think so 22 million a year for a receiver like that's devon i think Devontae still be number one but i think cup is close at number two and we see how important cup was to the the championship for the rams so they definitely had to secure both of these people back if they wanted another title run yeah but i'm i'm proud of aaron donald you know he's still choosing to play even though he has a hall of fame career he can literally never touch the field again if he doesn't want to but i think he just is still passionate about the game and just still wants to play so congrats to him on becoming the highest paid non-quarterback in nfl history congrats to cup the rams are gonna be that team again that are in my buccaneers way to get to the Super Bowl. They could clearly be the, the favorite for the Super Bowl again for this upcoming season. So shout out to the Rams. Shout out to them betting it all on Aaron Donald. And they had signed Allen Robinson this summer. Yep. <laughs> Damn, they signed Allen Robinson too. Oh, my goodness. Hey, that question, that question I posed, at, I think it was the beginning. It was before this season even started. It might have been. Oh, I posed this question, I think, after last season, after the Bucs won the Super Bowl. But uh, the question of if the Chiefs dynasty is in question or if the Chiefs dynasty is over, I feel like this Rams team over these next that we finna see with these contracts and them keeping these players, I feel like that that's a valid question, bro. Because if the Rams go to the Super Bowl again and win – or if any other team other than the Chiefs get to the Super Bowl and win this upcoming season, the Chiefs dynasty, what, can we even call it a dynasty at that point? No, it, they're not a dynasty right now. They're not a dynasty. But I, I would be more worried about the Bills if I was if I was the Chiefs than the, the Rams because I still got to see the Rams on defense. Losing Von Miller was a big deal to me, bro. And they, I haven't seen anybody actually get uh, actually replace him yet. To, uh, oh, they, to they still that got Ramsey. They still got Jalen Ramsey. And they still but got you Ramsey. see how much of a difference Von names. Miller made, especially oh, in yeah, that he, Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, it, it's Von. He's going to make a difference no matter but what. But I'm saying they don't got nobody like that no more, especially with all these people they playing. They paying. I, I don't think you necessarily need a Von Miller, but if you got at least 
75% of what Von Miller can offer you on top of Aaron Donald on your D-line and on top of Jalen Ramsey for your corner, I feel like you straight. 75% of a Von Miller on a Rams defense the way it is right now, you you can still easily win. I got I got to see it first, bro. I got to see it first. But at, at the moment, the Rams are the favorite, honestly. It's honestly them and the Bucks. After that, it's like a huge drop-off to whoever you want to put at three. If it's Green Bay, if you believe in Aaron Rodgers, I don't know why you would, but if you believe, if you believed in the Cowboys, I guess. But it's a big drop off after one and two. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Uh, and I think this is it for the sports. And let's move on to social media wants to know. And the question for this week is: Who is more talented, Michael Jackson or Chris Brown? But this is what, because Edgar is the one who posed this question. But this is what I'm asking. Are we saying talent in terms of music or talent in terms of everything? Everything. Who is okay. the most talented individual? But give the background to this question because I know Ryan Clark is the reason that this question is being posed. So Ryan Clark posted a tweet claiming Chris Brown is more talented than MJ and social media has been in constant debate on if the student has finally surpassed the master. Now we all know Chris Brown looks up to Michael Jackson. If there's ever a Michael Jackson tribute for any award show, Chris Brown is the person everybody is calling because we know how much he adores him. We know how much he's practiced his moves. We know how much he's influenced his music career. But is this a situation where we can finally say a student has surpassed whoever they've been studying? And I don't want to sit here and say he's better musically than Michael, but I think just as far as how much each person can do, I think Chris Brown is more talented, bro. They both can produce. They both can sing. They both can direct. They both can dance their ass off. But Chris Brown can also rap. He's also an athlete because this nigga can really hoop. He's one of the best entertainment hoopers we've ever seen. And he can paint. I don't think, I don't think paint, that's bro. what Ryan... I don't think that's what Ryan Clark was trying to hit on, though, of, like, everything. I think he just meant, like, music shit. He Chris couldn't Brown. have been talking just musically. If he I was just talking he musically, music I and dancing. I think that's what he was all, all he was saying was music nah, and nah, dancing. Nah. Nah. I think that's if, what he's saying. He's saying Chris Brown was better. When you then, talk then about I, all that I other shit, like Mike, Mike wasn't no hooper or no shit. Like Mike wasn't an athlete. So obviously Chris Brown is gonna have that. But I think he was trying to pose that question and why it's being debated so much is because he's just talking about music, dancing, I, that I type think, of lane. I think musically. MJ is clearly better than Chris. When it comes to dancing, don't do that. I can't. I don't can't do be that. Mad at either answer. I because be you know who better than Chris answer. Brown? Usher. At what? Usher. Dancing. Usher. Yes. Shut the hell up. Music. The hell up. Music. No. Music and no. dancing. Usher was no. better than him. Hell Usher no. was really looking up to uh, no. Chris Brown was really looking up to Usher. Usher will tell you right beat, now. Huh? Usher will tell you right now that Chris Brown is the better dancer. I promise to God. No, he's not. In his prime? Usher will tell Probably you right Usher now. Usher, tell you no, right Usher now. in his prime was not. No. No, no, no. Usher in his prime was better than Chris, bro. Right now? At obviously, dancing? obviously Usher, Usher is better. better. Is not better now. In his prime? Usher Put both different. of their dance moves in their prime side by side. Who's Chris closer Brown to Mike? Yeah. If I'm closer to Mike, I'm better than you. What the hell? Chris Brown is close. Chris Brown is not closer than no Chris Brown is not closer to Mike than Usher. Usher is closer to Mike than Chris Brown. Usher, Jamie Foxx, and several other entertainers are on the record saying Chris is the closest thing we've ever seen to Michael Jackson. They not telling the truth. Usher is better than him. 
If we keep it in Usher, the game, Usher himself said Chris is the closest the thing we've ever seen. Even Usher ain't gonna agree with that. I agree, <laughs> Usher. Usher. I agree, Usher. No, nope. Usher ain't. Usher being nice with y'all niggas, bro. If he being real, Usher was better than that, bro. Usher was That's better fine. than that nigga, bro. That's fine. It's Usher gonna be a situation, nigga, bro. As usual, it's gonna be and a situation music? where let's not be huh? real. Musically, musically between Usher and Chris Brown. Oh, I'll, I'll give you Usher. I ain't gonna argue that. I ain't gonna argue that. Okay. Musically, I ain't gonna argue Usher, but dance moves, Chris Brown. Chris Brown, it's not a question. I still rock with Usher. I think Usher is the better. Yeah, I think Usher. It's going to be another situation where Chris Brown going to have to pass. When Chris Brown passes and we look back at this man's career, you're going to see people out the woodworks who are going to admit what they've been saying this entire time. I don't know why y'all don't believe me. You can look up the Chris Brown documentary that he dropped in 2017. There were several credible artists on that documentary. He the closest thing we've seen to Mike. He dances just like Mike. Like he's on entertainment. These are quality entertainers who we credit we who we consider credible artists that are saying this, but nobody wants to believe it now because the argument's finally here. Y'all so think I, about I the BET hear, Awards bro. from 2009. Y'all stuck to them. That's all y'all do. Y'all stuck to the BET Awards from 2009. That's all y'all do, I'm man. I'm telling you. Over the you. years, it's, I still rock with Usher, bro. Who more talented? I still go with Usher, bro. Nah, bro. I would rock with Usher over Chris Brown. I'm not even Chris lying to Brown, you. I don't think Chris gets the recognition of being as talented as he deserves, bro. Like, because if we be honest. Think he's noticed. He's noticed as talented. But when you put Michael Jackson in the category, it's tough. Bro, I mean as generational talent, bro. I don't think people oh, look at Chris Brown as a generational talent like how they should. Sure. Because if we're being honest, Prince got to be in this conversation too. Prince played like 20 plus instruments, which most niggas in the world can't do. And people don't want to put Prince in the conversation. So the fact that. But that's what I'm saying though. People like that in the conversation is crazy too. But that's what I'm saying though about this type of conversation. Chris Brown is definitely a generational talent, but you're comparing him to the GOAT, bro. So the shit gonna be a difference, bro. But we, 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 we can respect your talent. That, is that we really a reach? You compare it to the GOAT, bro. It's different. It, it, it's not like we're, it's not like I'm naming Omarion or some shit. Like I'm naming Chris <laughs> Brown, bro. Like it's somebody a, who a, can a, really cool be in the argument. It's a cool argument. It's, it's, the, it's not the fact that people are disagreeing that's upsetting me. It's the fact that people are just acting like it's just so outlandish it's to even have that thought. Like, that's that's what I don't like. Because it's like, bro, Chris Brown is the closest thing we're going to get. We're never going to get anybody that mimics the same thing we never get. We're never going to get anybody to mimic Michael Jordan like Kobe mimicked Michael Jordan. We're never going to get anybody to mimic MJ like Chris Brown has mimicked MJ. And I don't think people are going to realize that and accept that until he's gone, bro. I'm telling you, bro. That's what it's going to take. It's going to take for Chris to not be here no more, for niggas to sit and cry and be like, damn, he really was up there if you think about it. And that's going to piss me off. I don't even want to see them tweets when that time Like I said, (laughs) Chris Brown is on neck and neck with Usher. Mike is just up, bro. I, I just say musically. When you talk about dancing, I think there's definitely an argument to be made there, dancing-wise. But musically, I think Mike is just heads heads and shoulders and above both of them. When it just comes to straight music, bro, I will not argue that. Michael yeah. Jack- Chris Brown has made timeless hits, too, but Michael Jackson has clearly made way more. Yeah. So I, I can't argue that. But when it just comes to the full scope of being an entertainer and just being a talented individual, the argument is not crazy. It's not a crazy argument. 
It's not. Michael Jackson had some crazy shit. Remember the time? There's so many videos that you can reference, bro, that he was just really getting loose, bro. Chris Brown had some shit, too. Usher has some shit, too. Y'all niggas gonna stop doing that, bro. Usher was a talented-ass nigga, he's bro. Top, he's oh right under God. Chris. He's, he's, he's in this conversation. Chris, Usher is in this conversation. I don't know why nobody bringing him that. up. I'm not arguing the fact yeah. that Usher ain't in the conversation. He's just not above Chris. That's all. I, I say he's above Chris. We can agree to disagree. That's fine to me. Yeah. That's honestly fine to me. Y'all, like I said, y'all hold on to the BET performance so much because he did mimic Mike. He did. But that nigga Usher was something different in his time, bro. I don't think just mimicking somebody means that they're a better dancer than somebody. Like, damn, yeah, he mimicked that nigga. But damn, Usher been dancing his ass off since 1990-something. So how the hell we give Kobe credit for copying every move Michael Jordan did, but we can't give Chris Brown credit for copying MJ shit and doing it to perfection. We love Kobe. We can watch the highlights. Think about what you just said, though, bro. Think about what you just said. As much as MJ, but not Chris Brown copying. Think about what you just said, though, bro. Think about what you said. I think he gets docked a little bit because you were mimicking. You were mimicking Mike. And it's the no, same thing for Kobe. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. No, no, no. I, we do love that show. I'm not saying anything was wrong with that show, but I think we dock him a little bit for that. It's the same thing with MJ and Mike. Mike or M, or Kobe or uh, I said MJ and Mike. Kobe and uh, Mike. We will never put Kobe above Mike because one was the original and one was the person that came after him. You will not put the, the one that came after him above him. It's, it's, you just won't because you just see too many similarities there. But when you got LeBron James coming in, like Usher is, and that's now we got a conversation here between Mike and Usher. You tried to make Usher LeBron, and it's not working. It's not working. All right, hey, I, hey I, I'm tweaking on that one. I'm tweaking on that one. I'm tweaking on that one. Usher, hey, Usher is more Kevin Durant. Usher is more Kevin Durant. But you trying to get that boy Usher's ten finals appearance. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, oh man, that's funny as hell. All right, but anything else on that? No, I just thought that was a real interesting conversation because I I just don't think you you can have a different opinion on it, but I don't think it's a crazy argument. I just wanted people to understand that because I see people on Twitter, people on Facebook acting like this was just the most lopsided argument ever. I'm like, it's it's really not. Like when you really look at both artists and see what both of them can actually do as a, a total talent. It's not that far off. Yeah, it's not. It's not. All right, moving forward to entertainment and current events. We got the Lori and Michael B. Jordan breakup. But I like the yeah. point that you made about this breakup, though. Yeah, so the couple breaks up after about a year of being together. Rumors have it, rumors have it that Michael wanted to get married and Lori wasn't ready. Is she wrong for wasting his time, quote-unquote, or was he wrong for not bringing up these feelings sooner? And another question that people were asking on social media was future right all along. What did preacher say? <laughs> no, he didn't say nothing specifically, but just him not being with Lori no more and then talking shit about her in the songs, tell Steve Harvey y'all don't want to. Was future <laughs> right? <laughs> was future right this uh, whole time? <laughs> no, man. Future ain't right, but future right. Future is still in facts about Sierra, my nigga. I don't want to hear nothing from that nigga. I don't want to hear anything from him. He's still in facts about her. But yeah. um, but no, nah, that, that's an interesting point that you bring up of like, should you tell somebody that you're not ready 
at a certain, you know what I'm saying, at a certain point in the relationship, you know, you're, it's starting to get deep. It's been a year. It's getting mm-hmm. starting to get to that point where it's like, damn, we could possibly talk about it. We could possibly do it. But I think it's the difference in age because how old is Michael B. Jordan? Michael B. Jordan is 35. Lori Harvey is 24. And I think that's the big difference, bro. Michael B. Jordan is at the age where he done been through him. He done been through the game. He ready to settle down. Lori's still in her prime 25. She really hasn't seen everything like you have, bro. So she's still looking around and like, I'm not ready to really tuck it in at 25. I'm really trying to still see what's out there to make sure that you are the right guy. But it's just, it's just an interesting conversation because... I think Mike has to know early in the relationship, like the age of like, damn, is she ready to settle down? Is this something fun? I think it could have possibly started off as something fun. And then it turned into something that Lori wasn't even expecting of like, she actually loves him. And then the marriage comes up and it's like, whoa, I got, didn't really get in the relationship for that. And that's how we mm-hmm. see somebody back out of it. I think that's the situation that we could be looking at here. But knowing that MBJ is so much older than her, he has an 11-year age difference on her, I think this is and, – and this is why I point at him in this situation. I feel like this should have been an early conversation. Mm. Like, Michael, like, you damn near 40. So you being damn near 40, you should be – and you're feeling like you want to get married – you should bring that up way earlier in the relationship than when you did. Not saying he didn't, because we don't know these conversations. That but like I said, it could have started off us as some fun shit. Like, oh, we're going to get together. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Casual. But, but after, if you're 35, after six months of, oh, for quote sure. unquote, having fun with somebody, <laughs> you, you thinking about, okay, like, I need to ask this person, like, do they want to be with me for real? Mm-hmm. Or is this just a fling? And Lori has just been one of them people that, you know, she's a woman that she wants to have fun. They call her the future for the women. But <laughs> but um, I, I think, like you said, she's just having fun. She's in her 20s. And it's like, yeah, she probably does love him. He, I'm sure he loves her. But it's not to the point where she wants to get married. And I think they broke up because and, – and this conversation happens a lot, too. Do you break up with somebody after you propose or try to – give the question and they don't want it do you stay together and make it work or do you just say no we got to break up i think they broke up because it's like michael b jordan is like well you don't want to get married right now so we just don't need to be together at this point Mm because i don't know i can't be another five years i'm 40 another five years you ain't you still ain't even 30 yet and you still looking at me like no i ain't ready to get married yet like Michael B. Jordan ain't trying to be on that type of time. Yeah. And Lori is just like, hey, I'm I'm finna live it up. I'm rich. I'm famous. Every nigga want to date me, so I'm just, I'm just going to have fun. I can have Michael B. Jordan one day. I can have a rapper the next day. I can have an athlete the next day. Like, she she really just, she on go. She doing her. Yeah, and that's why I said I can't really blame her because this is what she should be doing. She should be living her life to her fullest potential. If she don't think marriage is in the cause for her at this point, I can't say, damn, you should have told him earlier how you was feeling like you didn't want to get married. Because, like I said, it probably didn't start like something like a, a marriage type of thing. Like, oh, we getting in this for the long haul type shit. It was probably turned into something that, oh, now it's, a real, it's a real relationship. Oh, this is something that I haven't experienced before. But she she a grown woman now, too. So, like I said, he could have brought it up earlier. She could have kind of brought the conversation up earlier, too. Especially because she a woman. woman. Women will intimidate men with questions. That's how you know she hockey. If she's not talking about it, she hockey not looking for it. Because women will talk to you about the shit, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, women will 
press that question up on men way quicker than will most men will pressure that question on them. So the fact that after six months, if she's used to dating men and saying, okay, after a few months or damn near a year, I the the record of me dating people has shown I haven't been with people that long. After like six months of being with him, she should have been like, okay, I need to ask him like what he want to do for real because I don't think I want anything long term, but she just kept letting it ride out. So I understand people asking the question of, well, damn, was she just wasting his time? But I also understand mm. the point of he could have asked sooner if that's what he was looking for. And I think this is a situation where we're going to see them back together again because I think she just wants to see what's out there. She don't want to get locked down and then be like, damn, I could have had this, I could have had that. You never want a, a girl to have that type of feeling when they get married because it's like, damn, like, you want him, you want him. Like, then now you start to, that's when the, the infidelity kicks in. Like, mm -hmm. I would have let her go and see, let her see what's out there. And then if nothing's out there, if you don't see anything that's to your liking, all right, bro, then... The, this, the, so you are looking for marriage. So you're looking to be committed to me. You're looking to have a long-term relationship with me. I think that's a situation that we could be looking at. Because all these people are probably trying to, you know what I'm saying, hump and dump Lori Harvey, if I'm to put it that way. But I feel like Michael B. Jordan was really trying to wife her up. I don't think a lot of people look at Lori like that. I really don't. Like a lot of people yeah, look at think, her how, yeah. a lot of people look at her like a, a trophy at this point. Not as a wife, yeah. but Michael B. Jordan is looking at you as a wife. And that's why I say like it probably was a different feeling for her because probably nobody looked at her like that nobody viewed her like damn you're a wife bro like I'm, i want to marry yeah, once you date future you used to niggas yeah. like yeah I, i'm not gonna <laughs> you date p diddy we just heard what p diddy was talking about with and his son you talking yeah. to his son too so it's like so you yeah. see the type of time she was on so it was like oh she was never really in the mindset of long-term relationship marriage at this point and then michael b jordan comes along and he's really trying to marry you it's a different feeling for her as well so like I said, she's probably trying to go out there and see what's out there. She's probably going to come back to Mike, though. Mike hey, going to allow that shit to love party. that I don't, yeah. I don't blame either side. Hey, Michael B. Jordan, he damn near 40. He ready to get married. I can't blame him for that. Lori, she in her prime, and she trying to explore her options. I can't blame her for that either. They Like, like Quincy said, they got into it just to probably have fun. Feelings got deeper than both sides expected. And with feelings getting deeper... Michael's side of it was like, oh, well, I like her enough. I actually probably love her enough. So, well, I want this to be a forever thing. And Lori is like, oh, wait, we're getting deep into this? I don't know if I'm ready for that. So, two, yeah. totally, different, two totally different sides of the coin. Especially when y'all family's on the same page. And I'm pretty sure Lori done met Michael B. Jordan people. And I know Steve Harvey. He felt like he, felt like he was about to cry on the radio show after he <laughs> heard about the breakup. So, I know he, he loved Michael B. Jordan. So, it's just crazy because I know him and uh, Steve Harvey was tight. So, yeah, you, once you get that bond that close, you get close with the families, too. It's hard to really break up like that. But, hey, they doing what's best for them. Uh, Lori is, at least. Michael B. Jordan got to bounce back. He going to bounce back with something good. But Bro, as soon as I seen that video of him at the uh, whatever, I think he was at a Warriors. He was at the Warriors game. game. And as soon as I seen that video, they gonna make this way bigger than what it is. <laughs> They're trying to say bro was crying. They say look at the hurt in his eyes. That man is watching a basketball game. <laughs> yeah, that's what was blowing me. It's like, how you know he think about Lori at this moment? Like, like Lori's not even there. <laughs> this man probably crying because he got a bet that he finna lose. Y'all talking about Lori. <laughs> <laughs> but something I did see, I see that uh he was supposed to go to the game with Lori, but he ended up giving his ticket uh, to uh my boy uh Corday. 
So Corday was at the game. He was like, man, this is why I really? love having rich friends. Like, uh, they always invite you to places. He just called me up today. He was with my <laughs> dog. He was with his dog. Yeah. And he didn't fine. even know he was there for uh, mental support. He didn't even know he was there for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was there for the mental support for real. But yeah, man. Uh, moving on. We got the Apple Pay later. Yes. So Apple Pay will launch its buy now, pay later feature when iOS 16 becomes available. Currently, the latest feature out on the software feature out for iPhones is 15.5. So when iOS 16 comes out, it will allow users to purchase items and set payment plans for their Apple wallet and pay card. Four payments will be split into equal amounts and each payment happens every two weeks and is scheduled automatically with your Apple Pay. So the world of credit and digital pay is changing, bro. Like not only can you have credit cards, you know, um, digitally through crypto and all of that, but now just having an iPhone, you can have a credit card just for the fact that you have an iPhone. So I, I think this is cool. I think this is going to give a lot of people who can't get normal credit cards. It's going to give them an opportunity to get into the world of credit. I don't know if this will actually affect people's credit scores or not, but I think that's it's a cool option. I was about option. to ask you. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. about to ask you. Because I know the places like Klarna and um, what's the other one? It's called Afterpay. I know they're they're big in the after or the payment plan game. They say that that doesn't affect your your um your credit score, but I, I honestly don't know. I don't know if that's true or not because they don't get any of your social security information. So I don't know how it would affect your credit score, but you never know how so they connect one thing to another and then your score is dropping magically. So I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if it affects your credit score though, because since it's connected to your actual Apple pay is essentially connected to your bank account. Mm -hmm. So if you're using Apple pay credit card or Apple pay later, whatever they decide to call it, it's going to automatically take the payments out for whatever you owe from your actual bank account. And I don't care what nobody say, even if you don't have a credit card, the way you use your debit card and the way you just pay for stuff in life, that affects your credit too. And mm -hmm. how much money you owe people in this, that, and the third, damn near anything you do honestly affects your credit. There's a few things that don't, but I feel like Apple Pay along with the other um, services that you said, I feel like they'll all somehow, some way affect your credit score. Especially if you could just buy something and just walk out and be cool with it. Now, I do think the initial payments that you make for something. So like, let's say when you first buy something, I think you have to make one of those four payments the moment you buy something. And then the other three payments will follow two weeks in between after. Mm, damn. That's crazy. It's crazy how layaway is something that was so frowned upon at one point, or it was something that was so big in the nineties, but this is honestly just another version of layaway. Or it's like, or you're getting what you want, but you still got to pay it back at the end of the day. This is what we see now. This is the, the newer version of it. The difference between layaway and what we're doing nowadays, you couldn't get what you were paying for until it was until paid you paid it off. Yeah. Like, so that shit was still sitting in the window. <laughs> <laughs> but nowadays, nowadays, you can pay, if something's $100, you could pay, like, for example, with 25. this Apple Pay later, you could pay 25 walk out the door with it, and pay the remaining 75 over a two-week um, yeah. quarter period. <laughs> so that's way different than paying $25 and still having to walk past that shit walking out the store. <laughs> that's funny as hell, bro. That, that was a weird-ass system, bro. 
Yeah, that's what, that's, exa- that's exactly what I think about when I think about layaway. That's exactly what I think about. I think that about boy was in the hospital, man. Worry about the <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, I said I had tweeted that recently, bro. When you talk about greatest shows of all time, bro, especially greatest black shows of all time, that shit has to be top tier, bro. With the Martins, oh, yeah, with the Fresh Princes, and everybody hates Chris. Like that they, be up they there, up there bro. to me. That, that shit gotta be up there, bro. When I think about so much shit, I reference that show, bro. I've I seen reference everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's funny because that show came out in what twenty twelve or early two thousands. Was it early two thousand or two thousand five? I think it was, it was like two thousand five. It was, it was the back end of the two thousands before yeah. twenty tens. Yeah, yeah, we did go into the twenty tens. So I was like, cause yeah, 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 cause he was old as hell by the time they ended the shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, bro. So like, it's so many people reference like the nineties shows when they reference actual like good TV, especially when you talk about black television. But when you talk about a mid two thousand show, like you gotta talk about that one, bro. Like that's the show for a lot of us. Who grew up in that era? That was our show, bro. That was everybody hates right. Christmas. Literally, that for us. My that mom used to get so aggravated. I used to make her watch that with me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my boy had everybody hates Chris Sheets on his bed. Like it was a wild time, bro. That was niggas' favorite show for sure, bro. And uh, moving on, we got the Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock team up. Yes, so Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock are set to um take place this fall for a comedy special. Uh, the first episode is gonna be well. The first show is gonna be at the O2 Arena in London, September third. So I'm not sure exactly when the special will drop, mm-hmm. but the first show is set for September. I I'm interested to see how this is gonna go, especially on Chris Rock's side. I know Dave. Chappelle, are they performing he, together, or is this like one's gonna do a set and the other's gonna do a now, set? That's what I'm wondering. I'm not. Mm. I'm not sure. I didn't get much clarification on that. That'll be some iconic shit. Though. Yes. If they both on the stage <laughs> at the same time. That would be crazy. So y'all should look out for that. Look out to see if they're gonna do it at the same time. Be on the stage at the same. Because they can bounce off each other, especially off yep. like that Will Smith shit. They finna make hella jokes off that shit. You know, but Chris Rock finna we, eat off that. Are we ready to hear more jokes about that, bro? I feel like social media has just played that shit out. So by the time Chris talk about it, you got to think, bro, we're in June. Three <laughs> months from now, like, are we still ready to hear more Will Smith jokes? But we haven't heard Chris funny. Rock speak on it, though. And I think that's what's most important. Yeah, you can make your jokes on Twitter, but we haven't heard from the person that it actually happened to. He he said something uh, not too long ago, a few weeks ago. He said, "I got slapped by the softest nigga in rap history." I'm not talking. Like, I'm talking about joke related until that shit. Like he's gonna I, come I with some know. fire, even though it might be a couple of jokes from Chris. He's gonna come with something that's funny. I'm, as hell. I'm gonna go ahead and predict his Will Smith jokes are gonna be the least funniest jokes in that special. I, I think he's gonna have way funnier jokes than whatever Will Smith stuff we're gonna hear. We're gonna laugh, obviously, because we're gonna reminisce on the moment. But yeah. I don't think it's gonna be as funny as whatever else he may say. Dave Chappelle, I know he's gonna have us dying about whatever new transgender jokes he got about. That, the, that's the what. That's the person I'm more so worried about than Chris Rock. I know Chris gonna be funny because of those Will Smith jokes. Dave Chappelle is the person I'm like. Those transgender jokes still finna hit, Dave? Are those still gonna hit? That's who you should be worried about. I don't know. I, yeah, that's a good. That's a good question. I don't know. If and what, what's the other thing? The cancel culture. You gonna continue to talk about that, Dave? Like that's the nigga you gotta. Dude, worry about. dude, running up on him on stage, about to kill him and all that. He, 
Dave got, but I think Dave's mannerisms are just funnier than Chris. Like the way Dave Chappelle just looks and sounds, the dramatic pauses he takes while telling jokes are just so much funnier than Chris. With Chris, you're really waiting for the punchline. Like you're waiting for him to say the joke. Mm-hmm. With Dave Chappelle, you could damn near die laughing in the middle of him telling the joke. And mm-hmm. I think that's where the humor differs with both of them. Like I said, bro, that last Dave went the Chappelle stand up. That shit missed for me, bro. That shit missed because it's getting stale and repetitive, bro. And I think that's the thing because it's just transgender and cancel culture and all that bullshit. It's like, Dave, like, can we get to some some free jokes, my nigga? Get away from that bullshit because for three stand ups in a row, you've been talking about all the same shit, bro. Can we just talk about some regular shit like killing me but softly? You know can we go else? back to when you were just talking about anything? You know who else ain't that funny no more, bro? Cat Williams, bro. I thought Cat Williams was going to be somebody that would just always be funny because he's so against the industry. He's so against what everybody else Oh, you watch his recent stand-up then? You watch his recent stand-up? I ain't see, see like, his full recent stand-up, but the jokes that I did see, I'm like, this shit ain't funny. Like, his recent stand-up was, his recent stand-up was... Uh, it was solid. I ain't gonna say it was good, but it was. I'm about solid. to say, was it His solid age. or was it like funny? I'm not gonna say the whole thing was good, but like I said, it was so. It was. It was about twenty to twenty-two minutes of funny shit. Like I said, you know, Cat can get his like shit off, bro. Out of like an hour. It was like out of an hour. It was like twenty-two minutes of funny shit. It was one thing that he was talking about that was like bugging me that wasn't as funny <laughs> as he usually does. But like I said, twenty. It was twenty-two strong minutes. The other 38 was kind of, uh, but it, it's cat though. Cat always gonna be funny to me though. I feel like his delivery is more so funny than oh, yeah, everybody's yeah. delivery because it's him gonna have me laughing mid joke. Cat Williams and Bernie Mac have like the funniest joke deliveries. Like yeah. Bernie Mac will have me crying before I even hear what the joke is. Another, um, this ain't even social media wants to know. But whatever dumbass person said this, yeah, I, I forgot what her Twitter name was. <laughs> she got to be. She got to be under 18 years old. She got to be 18 or younger. Because there's nobody over the age of 25 that will sit here and say Bernie Mac is not funny. You can say he ain't your favorite comedian. You can even go much and say he's not top three for your comedians. But to say that Bernie Mac is just plain old not funny, you young as hell. You're young as hell, and I'm not getting any other reason for you saying this. Like, you are a young-ass individual that did not get the luxury of seeing Bernie Mac live, like, in shows, movies, or whatever. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I fully agree. I seen that tweet, bro. It was, bro, her mentions was going crazy. Her quote tweets is like, that ratio was something. (laughs) That ratio was crazy. But I, I definitely, I think... That was a good time to appreciate what Bernie did. I love moments like that because, yeah, that was a dumbass tweet, but to see all the funny shit that he's giving us, yeah. bro, the Kings Dollar of Bill. Yeah, <laughs> bro, Dollar Bill. You feel what I'm saying? The Soul Brothers shit. Then you got the Bernie Mac. You got uh, what he did for Head of State. You got all of these jokes from so many movies that he's been in, bro. It's like, this man is timeless, bro. So it was just funny to see Kings all of comedy. Books. Yeah. Man, priceless. Yeah, yeah bro. <laughs> R.I.P. to the Mac. Definitely, bro. Definitely. And moving on, we are diving into the Black Adam trailer reaction. Black Adam, what have your powers ever given to you? (laughs) 
All right, bro. What is your reaction to the new Black Adam that will be coming out? It, it looked fire. I ain't even gonna lie to you. Hey, y'all know me. I'm very critical of DC movies, but this <laughs> looks fire. Like this actually looks good. I think The Rock is the, gonna do an amazing job. I love the fact that they got all these other um uh, what's called heroes and villains in this. So it's not just him against one person the entire yeah. movie. There's gonna be a lot of different perspectives. So I'm I'm excited for it. And I think that's what captured my uh, attention as well. We see the one dude jump out of the helicopter and then uh, mm -hmm. we see that he's wearing the gold mask. It's like, I'm more interested to see what they are because we already know how they're going to play Black Adam. You already heard it throughout the trailer of, oh, are you going to be on the good guy side? Or are you going to be a bad guy? You're the anti-hero, the anti-hero shit. So it's like, obviously he's going to be a hero at the end of the day. But the other people, it's like, okay, are they all going to be villains? Does he have to defeat all of them by the time this movie ends? I feel like it could turn out to be some some fire shit. For yeah, sure, for I, I sure. think it looked good. I'm excited for it. Yeah, and it's funny how uh, The Rock is really turning into this lane because who would have thought he would have been actually in one of this big-ass production to be a huge DC character in Black Adam? Like, Black Adam is beloved in the, the tight-knit community for comics. So for The Rock to be playing him is a huge honor, and he has come a long way from his wrestling days, bro. So, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm it, it honestly doesn't surprise me that much, though, just because The Rock is just built. First off, not even talking about his acting. He's just built like he's supposed to play in action and superhero movies, just based off of how he looks. Honestly, I'm surprised we ain't never seen Terry Crews as no villain or oh, no man. superhero oh, or anything. So I'm, just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying just off of how they built. Like, even if they're just like a side character or a character in the background or something, like yeah. you would you would just assume that people who are of that stature physically are in movies like that. But to your point, his acting is just improved and improved so much over like what 20 plus years now of from being in the WWF then transitioning to the WWE to doing all fast and furious movies and then all the um other movies he's done comedies and I like the central stuff. intelligence one too I think the central intelligence showed both sides of Kevin Hart and yeah the rock because they had they were funny in some instances but at some point they had to get real to about themselves of what positions they were in and I think that was the more dope part of that movie because there was a different side from Kevin and a different side from the rock and I think it, it made him capable of doing a movie like uh Black Adam who is so dark who comes back from the dead to, you know, wreak havoc on the, the planet, I think that's something that he had to grow into. So I'm glad that uh, that he got this role. And something that I read is that he didn't even have to wear any padding for this suit. Like, he is just literally it. filling that whole suit. Like, that's wild, bro. <laughs> Y'all see how that suit looked? That was fitting him perfectly. It looked like it was padding in there. And, and the matter. Rock is, like, what, over 50 years old? Like, he's... Yeah. I want to say at least 52, 53, probably. Bruh, the Rock, Rock got to be damn near 54. Let me see. Dwayne Johnson. The Rock is 50, bro. 50. Yeah. He 50 on the head. He younger than what I thought. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy, to be so honest with the you. The fact bro. that we, we can still get, like, a good 10 more years of good Dwayne Johnson films, bro. Like, the Rock can play in so much more shit, bro, over the next 10 years, bro. As long as he stay healthy, The Rock can definitely be one of the biggest names, continue to be one of the biggest names in cinema.
And one thing that you're starting to see in films now, actors are lasting way longer than what they used to. It's like it used to be a, a stop yeah. period where it's like, all right, some people can work into their older age. But for a lot of people, once you get to, you know, what I'm saying you start to get old, we start to see the difference in your facial structure. It's like, OK, now we don't really want to use you. But we're seeing more and more actors like play into like their 60s, their 70s, even when they're old and in shape, like they're they're getting played now. So I think that's and just CGI. Dope, so I, I agree. CGI is playing a part of that too. That too, because the same thing from Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe didn't look that young; like he looked older, definitely. But the Spider-Man No Way Home effects made him look younger, so it just works now. So that's just yeah, I fuck with it for sure. But if you do not know Black Adam for this movie, the synopsis is nearly five thousand years after he was bestowed with almighty powers of the Egyptian gods and imprisoned just as quickly. Black Adam is freed from his earthly tomb, ready to unleash his unique form of justice on the modern world. They always say that unique form. It's just like uh, my boy from uh, Moon Knight. What's my man, Khonshu? It's like that yeah. nigga was doing good, but like, behind closed doors, nigga doing some snake shit. Probably that, that word justice, bro. The, I think yeah. DC, DC is playing on that word justice so much nowadays. Mm -hmm. Like, what what is justice really because your definition of justice could stand for some evil ass shit and my definition of justice could be the good old captain america save everybody the right way so and the one thing about this movie he looked like a black shazam and that's the one thing yeah. i wish they would have changed they look way too similar they had the lightning bolt on the chest yeah. it's like you like a black shazam i wish they would have changed it to give them a different aesthetic so they didn't look so similar because now people are going to confuse them yeah one's white and one's black but it's like i just see a lightning bolt for a lot of kids they just see a lightning bolt on your chest bro so they just going to associate that with the superhero so i wish they would have changed that and what role does he play in the future of this dc universe because I think this movie is going to be pretty good. So mm -hmm. where does he fall with this? Do you want to associate him with the the Justice League? Or do you want to keep him away from that and nah, go somewhere else? <laughs> nah, nah. Is he wreaking havoc on the, the world to the point where the Justice League have to stop him? Nah. <laughs> I, I just don't, don't want to associate it. it. <laughs> I just don't want to mix it with the Justice League. Nah. Just don't do it. <laughs> All right. And the next trailer reaction we have is the Mike Tyson series trailer. It is pulled. I want to live. They call me a savage. Whether I'm right. Who the hell I am? It looked pretty solid. That shit looks look solid, solid, bro. But you know the one thing, bro, that's holding me back from this series, I think, is Jamie Foxx. I don't know if you remember him describing that one Mike Tyson movie that he was supposed to be doing, but I, I recently re-watched that interview and that interview clip. And I just want to see his version of the shit because the shit, yeah. well, the way he was describing it, the shit just sounded so fire. I don't know if you remember it was like... Oh yeah, I do. His, yeah, he was yep. boxing with a little kid Then he back at his last fight. I was like, this shit look like it's gonna be good, the solid. But I every time I think of some Mike Tyson shit, I want to see. I want to see the Jamie Foxx version. And the funny thing about that, Jamie Foxx had that interview seven years ago. So it's like, damn, Jamie, we still ain't got shit from the Mike Tyson shit yet. I, I hike you want to see that Jamie Foxx version. Yeah, I want to see it too, bro. But I'm excited for what we're gonna get now. And it, it was people saying that you know Jamie in his 50s, like. 
but but we just made the point of CGI exactly. playing a part to where it don't and matter. Jamie could build are. like that too. I've seen Jamie built like that. Yeah, it could get built like that, and I I don't think anybody is gonna have the Mike physique that we're gonna expect because Mike Tyson was just one of the most unorthodox built athletes of all time. Like I don't think anybody can just for his size and his stature, the way he was built. You you're never gonna get it perfect, but they can get Jamie close to that. So I I, I do want to see Jamie Foxx's version more so than this. But this is a series. Jamie Foxx's version was supposed to be a movie. Maybe, yeah. So hopefully it still does happen. Hopefully they don't wait too long. I don't need Jamie Foxx being sixty now trying to play <laughs> a thirty year old Mike Tyson. Now I we just don't read, need that. <laughs> yeah, I just read that they hired a director recently. So they look like they're still trying to do it, but we don't know how long this shit gonna come into effect. Cause you can hire a director and still be sitting on a movie for a long time. So I don't yeah. know if Jamie is still going to be playing him or Jamie is going to be like the somebody that uh, has a lot of input becomes like an executive producer or a producer for the film and has a lot of input mm-hmm. on it. But something about this series is that it's going to chronicle the the rise and fall of uh, Mike Tyson. So it's not just going to show you the glitz and the glamour, everything that you've been shown in the hangover, the biting of ears. It's going to show you everything. His love life, uh, everything that was going on uh, in the ring and outside of the ring. So that's why I think I'm more so excited for because I haven't met somebody who's kept a close eye on Mike Tyson. Obviously, you hear the stories. Obviously, you see the crazy ass, wild ass highlights of Mike Tyson. But you really don't dive into like his background nor his love life. Like, I didn't even know he was married at one point. I wouldn't even thought so, because Mike Tyson just doesn't figure like he's that type of person. So I'm interested to learn more about him throughout this series. I don't know how long it's going to be, but it should be long enough for you to get the full grasp of, like, the Mike Tyson experience. And you want to know what's funny? Everybody that has ever met or hung out with Mike Tyson has a crazy Mike Tyson story. Exactly. Like, everybody. <laughs> and I think it's very few people like that. Like, Mike Tyson, Snoop Dogg, like, people like that, you just always have a story with how it went when you met this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he's a wild dude. Definitely, he, he comes off more chill now. But uh, yeah, oh, yeah, he, he definitely sure. calmed down from over the years. But Mike was a mm-hmm. wild boy. So I'm glad uh, that they're picking back up so we can actually get an uh, insight. And I wonder if he had any input in this series or was this something like completely separate from him? And they're just making it off of a I would book hope or something he did. Like I would hope, I would he, hope had he had input on it. You know what I'm saying? So we just ain't looking at no bullshit. Especially if happened. you're talking about like his fall and everything. Yeah. I, I think he would, he would want that. He would... I think if he had to choose what part he could have an input in, because when you talk about the upbringing of somebody, it's like, okay, like y'all, y'all can be kind of fictitious with that if y'all want. But when it comes to the fall, like how he went to prison and this, that, and the third, I don't think he wants to be painted in any more of a negative light than what he may have already been in when it happened. So mm-hmm. I think he would want some say so on how that gets portrayed in the um series. Yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to it, bro. Definitely looking forward to it. And let's move on to Past the Ox. What you got for Song of the Week? Bro, I'm on that Boston Richie again, man. Boston Richie, certified dripper. That nigga been on that Boston Richie for two weeks. Yeah, he only got about five songs. (laughs) But it's hitting. But it's hitting, though. (laughs) On repeat, for sure. Hey, it's the fact that he started rapping like eight months ago. 
and he already mm-hmm. has like the a top three song on YouTube. He already got features from Dirt. He co-signed by Future and be hanging out with Future all the time and like all of that. So it's like, bro, literally in eight months, you went from a straight street nigga, woke up one day and said, I want to start rapping. And now everybody finna know your name eventually. That's how key how Lil Snoop was. Like Lil Snoop was somebody who was just like grabbed off the street and just started rapping. And everybody just gravitated toward dude. Like Meek Mill obviously mm-hmm. was like the big brother to him. But everybody gravitated wanted to be a part of Lil Snoop. That's somebody else, man. R.I.P., bro. Definitely R.I.P. Lil Snoop. Definitely has so much potential. What is my song of the week? Bro, I've been listening to a lot. I've been listening to that new Ella May. I've been listening to that Kaylani, bro. I even been going back and listening to some K-Camp. But I'm going to stick with that Ella May, though. Uh, I'm going to just go with the trying. I fuck with trying heavy. I've been playing that. And that How featuring uh, Roddy Rich actually slides, too. So mm. definitely those two tracks I would have. And moving on to movie and show reviews, the Joker 2 update. Yes, so director Todd Phillips took an IG picture of Joaquin Phoenix. You say Joaquin, right? Or Joaquin, however you say. Yeah. And uh, he was reading the script for the sequel to the 2019 Joker film. The title is Joker Folie Adu. And what we can ex- what can we expect from this follow up, and how could this uh tie into any other DC films? Do you think they're gonna actually start putting the Joker into all of these other DC universe characters, or we're just getting a strict follow up to that Joker film? This is the thing with the Joker too, bro. Do we need it? Is what I'm more so questioning at the end. Because you left the you left the viewer in such a state that was honestly perfect to me. Because you really didn't know what happened at the end. You could just really interpret what happened yourself. And I love being in that state where you can go in so many directions with a, a ending. Like, oh, this could have happened. Or you can interpret it this way. But now when you make a two, you kind of close everything up. And you start like, oh, this is what actually happened with the Joker at the end of that movie. And then you carry on with his storyline. I just feel like the Joker story has Haki been told so many times. Like, damn, do I want more Joker? Or was I, I cool with the Joker be one? Good though, bro. I think it's not gonna be as good as it's not gonna be Joker. as good as one. And that's what but, I'm saying. You can't it's gonna, gonna be a decent follow-up, though. I think it's gonna be a decent follow-up because of who we could possibly get in this. Because folia do means madness shared. And when I think of madness shared, I'm thinking, oh, he's gonna get with Harley Quinn. So maybe we could get a Harley Quinn in this um, Joker movie or some other crazy ass villain because I was whatever say, madness see... he's sharing. Yeah, because so. that was I was just about to say, like that's kind of that's kind of been done. Like that Harley Quinn shit starting to get repetitive too, though. Because like Harley Quinn had her own movie recently. Yeah, that's it's like we, you high key that. gotta switch it up with the Joker character. If you're gonna keep giving us Joker, bro, you gotta keep throwing us with somebody, pair him with somebody different. Stop pairing him with Harley Quinn. Or he going up against Batman. Does this nigga not fuck with anybody else in the city of Gotham? Does he not fuck not. with the Calendar Man? Does he not <laughs> fuck with uh damn uh Sean Cruddy, whatever his name is? It's other people in Gotham that he can fuck with. Even if it's not in the comics, just make the shit up. It don't I'm about to, to say, make, make up a new character that yeah. we... Because <laughs> you've seen in the, in the movie that Batman or Bruce Wayne was young as hell. So Batman yeah. should not be in this movie, bro. Batman should not be in it. So make somebody up to be the the antagonist, bro. Make somebody up. I, I wouldn't mind that. Shit. So if they make somebody <laughs> different, bro, I think I'll be especially cool. if you're not connecting it to anything, yeah. um, no. any other DC stuff. You can 
be as creative with this as you your want. shit you was too great to be a part of that mid. So definitely keep your <laughs> shit separated for sure. Keep your shit separated for sure. Black Adam, I don't know how that movie's gonna be, but nah, Joker was definitely a that was a hit, bro. That was one of the greatest movies of what was that 2019? Movie mm-hmm. that yeah, that was one of the greatest movies of 2019, bro. So Lee, if that, it wasn't it for cool. Avengers Endgame, that would have been my movie of the year. Period point blank. Oh, damn, Endgame did come out that year. Yeah, but Joker, Joker was fire, bro. It's it's gonna be honestly, good, but I just don't know how decade, it stacks up. Of the 2010s decade, that's one of the best movies of the decade, honestly. Like, and that's, it came at the end of the decade. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, bro. That's why I'm worried for it because it's like it's not going to live up. Like, it don't honestly it doesn't matter what you do, it's not going to live up to the greatness that you had in, in Joker One, and that's why everybody was so cool with it being a standalone. And they came into the movie process for Joker 1 like, it's a standalone. We're not going to make another one. They explicitly said that. And then here we are. They heard that money call and they said, oh, no, nah, actually, <laughs> let me start writing this script. Y'all throwing the meals? All right, let me, we let got, me We got some meals. We got a couple Oscars off it. Yeah. Hey, we can do this shit again. Nah. <laughs> Bro, Sometimes I wouldn't be mad if he crossed it over fine. with um the, the Robert Pattinson Batman. But like I said, Bruce yeah, Wayne was already fine. Bruce Wayne is a kid in his storyline. Yeah, yeah, so the shit, so, they ain't gonna work. so the shit won't work. So you already showed us Bruce Wayne. If they we didn't show no us Bruce Wayne, you could have crossed. Him. Yeah, no more yeah, shit. don't give us no more. <laughs> Just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. <laughs> but that would have been dope if they crossed Robert Pattinson and that Joker. It's like yeah. okay, you know what I'm saying? It's cool if you ask my damn. Dad, so it. if if they never would have put that um that last scene that little that little last scene of how he influenced. Um, Bruce Wayne to want to be Batman, or if they never did that, they could have easily just segued him into the Robert Pattinson, and that would have been tough. That, that would have been tough against that, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, Ooh, that would have been Pattinson, fire. Robert Pattinson so dark as Bruce Wayne, so the twisted mind of the Joker versus a dark Bruce Wayne, that would have been tough. But the thing that about, but tough. the thing about this Joker, he's not really to that level intelligence wise yeah, where we've yeah. got to know him. Like he was still like that retarded dude, hockey, that mentally challenged dude for real. And this movie, he had to really overcome that. But you've seen how maniacal that he could be, you know what I'm saying? But you just really seen the mental illness part. We really haven't seen how meticulous and how calculated he could be. So maybe in this movie, that's what he really starts to grow into that into like the, the calculated dude. And we see how he got to that point. You know what I'm saying? So I think it could be something like that. I'm excited for it, man. It ain't going to be better than the first one, but I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, moving on, the Thunderbolts movie. Speaking of the Thunderbolts, I wanted to bring this up earlier. The movie is in development, so that that group is going to be together. Like I said, Abomination, Yelena Belova. Uh, what's my man name, bro? He was in uh, Civil War, the villain of Civil War. Where the purple Civil hat. Civil War? Oh, um... Talking about the dude who was trying to make the super soldiers. Yeah. Was he trying to make I super soldiers? No, he was he's from Sokovia. He was in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, he was trying to make the super soldiers. Okay, yeah. Well, he no, he wasn't trying to make the super soldiers, yeah, he but he was to make the super soldiers. He was he was at the, the place where the super soldiers yeah. were and, and he killed them. Baron Zemo, 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 all Zemo. of them are yes. going to be a part of that Thunderbolts group, like Eggert mentioned earlier. Thunderbolt Ross or the person that played Thaddeus Ross in that that uh, Thunder uh, in the MCU, he has passed. But like I said, I think Val is going to be like the leader of that now. And you see the movie is still in development. They're in the early stages of that. And 
The upcoming uh, movie and show reviews. I just seen everything everywhere all at once. Crazy ass movie. So we will definitely have that review coming for y'all soon. Uh, we just reviewed Miss Marvel episode one. So be looking for that. Uh, what else? Thor: Love and Thunder comes out next month. This month, uh, Jurassic World on um, part three that comes out this month. I think on the fifteenth. So we can have a review coming up for that. Uh, but keep keep a watch out, y'all. We got reviews coming out all summer. Yes, sir. All right, bro. You can hit up with the social media. You can follow us on Twitter at QE Podcast One. You can follow us on Instagram at QANDE Podcast. You can follow and like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube at Q and Sign E Podcast. And our Gmail is QANDE Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, sir. And definitely subscribe to all of our podcast platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And definitely subscribe to our QE Media page, which is QNEmedia.com. Our Instagram is Q-A-N-D-E Media, and our Twitter is Q-E Media. Like Eggert said, go ahead and subscribe to the Q&E Podcast channel. If you do not know, our visual podcast is on the Underdog Podcast. It will be linked below, but our reviews will still be on the Q&E Podcast, or the Marvel, the Miss Marvel ones will be dropping, Thor, Love, and Thunder, everywhere all the time. So definitely go ahead and subscribe. And we appreciate you guys for watching, and we out. Peace.